One, a two, a one. It's time for the Better Horses Radio Show with Ernie Rodina. Saddle up and ride as we explore the Western way of life. Horses and cows, family and friends, a relationship with the land, and a relationship with God. It's all here on Better Horses Radio. Now let's hit the trail with Ernie and his co-host, Don Dawson. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, don't touch that dog, folks. It is time to get around and talk. We're going to talk horses and we're going to talk cattle today on Better Horses Radio. So, so glad you could join us and what what a uh, fun show. You better be, hang on to your... Hang on to your hat, because we're about ready to take you on one good ride. We are, and uh, I'm Don Dawson, and we've got Ron McDaniel with us today, and we are going to have a good time, aren't we, Ron? Boy, we sure are, and uh, just looking forward to catching up with you guys and our guests, and as Ernie says, just talking about this horse business and getting to talk a little cattle today. So we've got a great mix for you, folks, and glad you joined us. Yeah. Pastor Steve Stafford is gone today, and in his place, we have Ron McDaniel doing the inspiration, which, Ron, uh, we we thoroughly appreciate you doing it, and you do such a great job. We just didn't even need to call anybody else. Well, it's just such an honor uh, to carry on the tradition of uh, giving honor and glory to the Lord and all he's done for us. And while I can't fill the boots of Pastor Steve, I'm always glad to go to God's Word and share a little something with us. And, you know, we were just talking before we went on air here, uh, about a group of men uh, that that Ernie and I get together with regularly. Uh, we share some text messages together, and we regularly pray for each other. And uh, oftentimes we're praying for our families. And I was just talking to uh, a well-known uh, clinician earlier today uh, and talking about we'd been praying for his wife. And as he and I were visiting about that as we pray for our wives and mothers and daughters. You know, one of the things, Dawn, that stood out to me was in so many families, the strongest person in the family is the mother. Uh, There's an inner strength there, and we know where that comes from. I want to share just a few verses with us this morning. Exodus 15 says, the Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. In Nehemiah, Uh, Chapter 8, we're told, do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hey, folks, I could go on and on talking about how the Bible tells us where true strength comes from. It doesn't come from lifting weights, picking up bales of hay, although that sure is handy this time of year. But it comes from knowing our strength is in the Lord. It comes from knowing that even when times are tough, We have the all-powerful God who longs to hear from us as we bring our petitions to him. So pray for each other, pray for those in your family, and pray that you would seek God's strength, which is found in his word and through prayer with him. So ladies, thank you for your strength in the Lord and what you do, the glue that holds so many of our families together. Great message, Ron. Thank you so much for doing that. We sure appreciate it. I can't send anybody to your website. You don't have a church <laughs> well, website I don't, or look, I don't even look at my Facebook regularly. So if you somehow want to get a hold of me, probably to complain, just reach out to Dawn or Ernie at betterhorses.com. And uh, they right. can get a hold of me. So, uh, hey, Dawn, you know what? Uh, we've got a great show lined up today, but you know what time it is right now, don't you? 
It is time for our Kansas State University Veterinary Health Tip of the Week, and we've got Dr. Chris Blevins talking to us about worming. So let's go listen to that. Ernie had a great segment with him. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Better Horses Radio Equine Tip of the Week, brought to us by Kansas State University, and we got Dr. Chris Blevins with us again this week, who's always a big treat. He's the field service director at Kansas State University in Manhattan. And, you know, Doc, are you with us? I am here. You know, I'm getting to thinking about we're going to maybe get a freeze this week, and uh, you, you're thinking of parasites, and do we over don't overworm them, give them enough worm? What are we shooting for? You think of box and everything. What's a good program to be on at this time of year for our horses, and uh, and how uh, and what do you recommend? You know, that's a, a good point, Ernie, and I think that's something that uh, people sometimes just want a package deal, and, and sometimes it's just not <laughs> an easy package deal to, to get through. I think the biggest uh, kind of pointer or word that we should use is manage. We need to manage our internal parasites. Um, really, the goal isn't to go to knock out every parasite that's ever on a farm. Um, really, it's to manage the immune system of the horse, uh, manage when those eggs are getting shed on the pasture and picked up, uh, and then uh, deworm according to which ones need it. And so I think that uh, with that, that's important to just kind of remember and where we're at. Uh, and so this is why I think, you know, I'll kind of uh, stress that uh, running a fecal, you know, on horses, uh, just to see uh, where they're at, what their load is, and how what kind of shedder they are. And then we just need a deworm just to manage and keep the parasites, you know, at a, at a manageable level. We don't have to have no, you know, no parasites in our horse. We just want to make it so it's uh, at a lower aspect. Uh, because if we, our goal is to be at zero, we could be into resistance. And I think that, you know, it's coming. Uh, we've got some, um, you know, small strongiles and, and ascrids that are resistant to different dewormers in different uh, regions. And so we just got to be careful. We don't have new products that are out there. So manage the those. And, and really, yeah, once you get a freeze, uh, you could you could do uh, uh, deworming. Uh, and a lot of the ivermectin products work really good, but uh, most of the time, again, you're going to have to work with your veterinarian to see which product uh, you should use, and and we don't need to deworm, you know, every month. So, and so uh, you would recommend not taking fecal counts on them, and uh, uh, I'm thinking right, like right now, after this freeze, going after those bots, would they be a good time? Yep, yep. Usually get the bots in November, December, because uh, they're going to start to larvate from those little yellow eggs that are on the horse's legs, and they're going to pop into the mouth and go into the stomach. So after this freeze now, and it's going to start going away, then, then you can get a good bot, uh, uh, you know, parasiticide. So it should work. The bottom line is work with your local vet, get on a good warming program, work with Kansas State University vet veterinarian health center work with them with your local vet and you'll get a good program that can kind of main, maintain a really good uh deworming program so uh doc thanks for your time on better horses radio and our kansas state university veterinarian health center dr chris blevins thanks doc thank you
Hey, we always appreciate Dr. Blevins and all our friends there at the Kansas State Vet School and the importance of including our veterinarian as we make decisions about deworming our horse. And uh, there are options out there. There are certain times of the year. There are certain times and certain products depending upon the life of our horse. And we appreciate Dr. Blevins spending time doing that. Don, we've got a great show lined up and we want to get right to it. Yeah, we do have a great show lined up and uh, we've got uh, today we're visiting with John Teagarden. He is with the Lynn County Fair and Rodeo. He's on the board of uh, directors down, fair board down there. And uh, then we have a fun segment with Katie Starr of Stanley Forage, her Beyond the Barn segment converted to a Better Horses segment. So we're excited about that. Yeah. And then, Ernie, we have our Better Horses cattle segment. Brandon Pulaski. Uh, Pulaski, excuse me, just a great uh, individual, full of lots of valuable information, whether it comes to cattle, horses, uh, and he uh, just does a super job of bringing your level of intelligence up when it comes to cattle, horses, as far as that, I'm sure uh, he's just, he was a county agent, I don't know how how long it was, but really a good guy, and he's got a passion for cattle, and so... uh, well, folks, you're, you're going to want to come right back. We've got an interview coming up. And this fella, John T. Garten, he is the picture of humility and service. And what he does for his community as he leads the Lynn County Fair and Rodeo is an inspiration to us all. You won't want to miss it. So you come right back. This is Better Horses Radio. We'll be right back. Established in 1956, the Pinto Horse Association of America was formed to welcome all types of equines and maintain their show records and pedigrees. PTHA currently has over 88,000 members with 157,000 registered Pintos. There are currently three separate registries, the Color Registry, the Solid Registry, and the Long Ear Registry. We welcome all levels of competition within a family-friendly environment. Become a member, register, and add value to your horse. For more information, check out the website Pinto World. Runny nose, cough, fever. It's flu season for humans and horses. Like human flu vaccines, equine flu vaccines must be updated to protect against the flu strains circulating now. Merck Animal Health's flu-containing vaccines include the most current flu strains, protecting your horse from illness and time mistraining because of it. Talk with your veterinarian about prestige flu vaccines and learn more about the science of advanced protection at prestigevaccines.com. We're here for the hardworking, the resilient. We're for the people who measure their days by what needs to get done, not by hours. Where kids learn responsibility at a young age and generations work side by side. Where work doesn't pause for holidays or bad weather. It just gets harder. Where value and hard work means more than the clothes you wear. We're Kleinschmidt's Western Store, Higginsville, Missouri. Routine dental examination and treatments are essential for high-quality horse care. To prevent potential problems, a horse's mouth should be examined at least once a year. I'm Dr. Chris Blevins, equine field service veterinarian at Kansas State University Veterinary Health Center. We can examine the mouth and provide a treatment plan to meet the needs of each client and their horse. Visit us at ksvhc.org, the Veterinary Health Center, to discover, to teach, to heal. Hey, we're back. This is Better Horses Radio. I'm Ron McDaniel. 
I'm Murray Rudiman. And I'm Don Dawson. And our next segment is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. Go to their website, MerckAnimalHealth.com. Type all that out. See all the products that they have for your horse. I think you have to click on the horse icon to see all the products or something to that effect. But go there and see, read about their vaccine line, their wormers, and everything else, the products that they have available for the horse out there. MerckAnimalHealth.com. Great company, Don, and they have a lot of great people working for them. They do. Hey, Ernie, you want to introduce our next guest? He's a good friend of ours. You bet. I'll tell you what's uh, so glad to have him on. I'll tell you, what, he, uh, uh, he makes things happen down in that area. Uh, and we're talking about down in eastern, eastern Kansas. Uh, and we're talking John Teagarden, Mr. Teagarden, one of the first people that I've met uh, when I was started with Purina 35 years ago. Yep. John, are you with us? I'm here. I might remind everybody, this guy, he's been on the uh, Fairboard for a lot of years, and he's actually been inducted into the Fairboard Hall of Fame. Uh, he's pretty famous and um, well, very well known in the rodeo industry. And we are talking about the Lynn County Fair and Rodeo. It's coming up. Uh, your countdown on the website, it's less than uh, 40 days away. It's getting close. Yeah, we're at Mound City, Kansas. Uh, last year, we cel- celebrated our 75th annual rodeo. So uh, we've got a lot of tradition behind us. Got a good good lineup coming this year. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, John, uh, you've been doing that. I don't know how many years you've been. You, you, you do a, s- a stellar job of promoting that rodeo. And if I'm correct, it's one of the – there's not too many PRCA rodeos in Kansas, and, and this happens to be one of them. Uh, I think there's probably about a dozen PRC rodeos in Kansas. Uh, one of our claims to fame, we're the only county fair with a PRCA rodeo and an outlaw truck and tractor pull uh, during our fair week, uh, which runs August uh, 5th through the 12th this year. Um, we also have a demo- demolition derby, which is very popular. The Lynn County Fair and Rodeo is a huge event, and uh, I, you know, if I want everybody to write this down, go to lynncountyfair.org. That's L-I-N-N countyfair.org, because they have really stepped up their game in the last few years with their website as well. With the everything else that you guys have going on down there, you keep the public informed of what's happening, and uh, just go to that website. You'll be able to see everything we're talking about. And John, I I always have to tell everybody the story that if you guys want to go to a great rodeo, the Lynn County Fair and Rodeo is it. They do things like cover up the ground so it doesn't get wet. Don't you, John? Well, we have done that in the past. Um, I am not sure that some of us are getting older. I don't know whether we can get that done or not, but. We do take great pride in our ground. Uh, we have our arena uh, crown, so it drains to the edge. Uh, last year, we spent $5,000 uh, to put in a French drain along the edge of the arena. So we can take, we can take some water and still be safe. And uh, hopefully that it will rain. <laughs> a lot of us, John, are kind of hoping that we get some rain there in August, but... Uh... 
John, tell us a little bit about uh, what drew you to get so involved with this rodeo. Well, I grew up, uh, of course, here in Lynn County, and the, the county fair to many of us rural kids was very important. And uh, so we just, uh, my dad was on the fair board, and uh, I've I just continued it. I think now probably, let's see, there's five generations of our family that have been involved. So, But uh, there's many families in, in Lynn County that have been very active uh, down through the generations uh, in our fair. I think that, that that's pretty common amongst the different fairs and rodeos is just to have family continue the tradition. But you guys have really done an awesome job. The, the whole fair itself is huge there in Lynn County, not just the rodeo. You guys, the whole fair board, everything is very organized. Uh, thank you. We, uh, we like to think we work at it. Uh, this year, we've they, we put a, an addition onto our livestock barn, uh, uh, replaced a barn that uh, uh, dated back probably 60, 70, 80 years ago. Uh, so uh, we're just continuing to make improvements in our, I, I would be amiss if I didn't say that the people of the county, the taxpayers, our county commissioners, our businessmen, uh, really get behind the fair and and uh, really help us out and encourage us. Uh, the fair board itself, we just kind of take the lead in the direction, but but it's it takes everybody. Great team effort. So give us a give us a little roundabout of what's happening. Uh, what is an outlaw tractor pull? Um, an outlaw tractor pull is a sanctioned by the outlaw. Um, Tractor Pulls Association, they're very active through the Midwest, um, probably the premier tractor pulling association in the Midwest. Uh, they'll be the, here on Sunday night, August the 6th. Um, August the 5th, we'll have a demolition derby, <laughs> and that is very, very popular among our fans and especially the contestants. And... Uh, then we'll conclude the uh, uh, with the rodeo the following weekend, August 11th and 12th. And, uh, Ernie was talking about how many people you guys feed. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? We started a tradition uh, probably 30 years ago of, of feeding the contestants uh, after the meal, after their performance. Uh, we started small, just feeding the rodeo uh, guys and uh, our contestants. And now we feed all the contestants, whether it's derby or tractor pull uh, or the rodeo and invite the sponsors. So uh, it's kind of our way of, of saying thanks for for supporting us and, and making our, our fair and uh, events what they are. How many volunteers do you guys have for this event? It takes a lot, doesn't it? It does. And, uh, you know, everybody's kind of behind the scenes. I, uh, you know, I couldn't put an accurate number on that, but it's in the hundreds. And, uh, you know, they, they just show up and do their thing and help out during the fair and, uh, you know, are not bothered by coming to a meeting, but, but uh, all we have to do is 
is call them saying, you know, are you going to man this gate or, you know, are you in charge of this, uh, this, uh, the floral hall again? And, and it happens. John, uh, give us some of the highlights through the years as a volunteer that stand out to you, things that memories that you might have that, that would you could share with our listeners about why this is so special for you? Well, first of all, we're a pretty small county population-wise. Um, uh, we hover around 10,000 people. Uh, the biggest town is, uh, is 11 or 1,200. Uh, so, you know, we're our county fair is the highlight of the social season in the county. Uh, we like to advertise. And uh, just mainly just I think the thrill to me is seeing the involvement of a of the wide segment of, of people. Uh, you know, not every family's in 4-H, uh, not every family's in rodeo or a tractor puller, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, just the county turns out to support the fair. And uh, we've done a, a, a survey of the... Uh, license plates in the uh, parking lot, uh, you know, several times. And uh, I'm always, I wonder if there's another car left in Lynn County that isn't in the parking lot. So uh, <laughs> that, that, that is uh, rewarding to me that, that uh, people enjoy. Well, well, John, that's, that's a slice of Americana. And uh, you know, the, the, the county fair, especially for those of us that live in rural America or even in the suburbs now as youngsters and people try to connect with how their food's grown and who grows their food and try to connect with the great sport of rodeo. It, it, it's county fairs and rodeos like what you're doing that are, I think are the bedrock of rodeo and, and rural social life. And I just want to say thank you for what you all are doing there at, at, at Lynn County with your fair and rodeo. And just would encourage anybody that's listening to go get more information about how they can get to Mound City. Dawn, would you tell our listeners again where they'd get more information? Absolutely. You guys uh, go to Lynn County Fair, lyncountyfair.org. I want to make sure I get the right dot word. And uh, everything's on there. You can download the whole fair brochure and figure out what's going on with the fair side of it, the competitions, the 4-H kids, all that, as well as the tractor pull times. And uh, I'm pretty sure you can get information on tickets as well. Do you sell out of tickets or can you can you handle everybody who wants to show up there, John? We 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 can handle everyone. And uh, we built new bleachers here in the recent past. And. uh, we can handle a lot of people. Yeah. So you guys be sure to go, you know, I, he, he says he's doesn't cover the arena anymore, but how many arenas have a French drain in them? That's what I want to know. So that's yeah. how much they take care of their contestants. And we Great. thank you, John, for doing that. John and, and, and really appreciate it. And before I let you go, this, this rodeo is special to me uh, as far as the, uh, we've, we've got a, just a, a leader in the industry that's part of this fair family and and he was the first what i'd say he was the, uh, my first dealer i worked with 
and a tremendous leader. Where we want prayers go out to 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 uh, George T. Garden, and that's John's brother. Thank you, Ernie. Appreciate it. Right. Yeah, we love you guys, and um, we do. We are kind of one sided on our favorite rodeo around here in Kansas. Glen <laughs> County Fair and Rodeo is one of them. So we thank you for coming on, and we probably better take a break, you guys. Hey, folks. Hey, this is Better Horses Radio. Stay with us. Welcome back to Better Horses. I'm Katie Starr, co-host of Beyond the Barn, brought to you by Stanley Premium Western Forage, coming from Eden, Idaho. I have a great segment I'd like to share with you today. I had the opportunity to chat with Dr. Tanya Cubitt, who has a PhD in equine nutrition and reproduction, about feeding senior horses. So Dr. Cubitt, first and foremost, we can't even have this conversation before we define what a senior horse or old age is in horses. And that is a fantastic place to start. And I think it's a place where a lot of us get confused. We kind of have this stereotypic idea that once the horse becomes 20, he's now considered old and he needs a senior feed or needs to be treated like a senior. And for me, what a senior horse is nutritionally is a horse that has poor dentition and can no longer chew long stem hay. That is a senior horse. And that horse then can't eat typical long stem hay and needs to get all their fiber requirements in from a pelleted or cubed form or be on a, a senior type feed that's going to give them a, a high fiber content. The old age, you know, we might have horses that are older in age, could be 15, could be 20, but that really depends on kind of their whether they're geriatric or not, maybe they can still chew, but they have arthritis in the neck. And so they're not able to reach the ground as much. So I really just kind of use the nutritionally senior categorization as poor dentition. What is the most common nutritional problem you see in senior horses? That is an interesting one. And I don't think it's a nutritional problem that is the fault of the horse. I would say the biggest problem I see in our senior horses is that people don't feed them enough fiber. So if we have that true definition of a senior horse, so he's got poor dentition and we're no longer able to give him long stem hay, we've drilled into people that, you know, you can only feed your horse a certain amount of feed in a single meal. So they end up limiting they look at the pelleted or cubed forage that they're feeding as part of the grain of the horse's diet and, and they don't feed enough. So I don't think it's really a nutritional problem. It's a management problem that stems from people in that they don't feed their senior horses enough fiber. That's really interesting. I think I have some more that I want to talk about going into that point a little bit later, but that's a that's a good one that I think is quite common too that we've seen and things that we have heard. Yeah, I think the the classic nutritional things are just, you know, older horses tend to lose right. weight, they lose muscle top line. So they they're probably the most common senior issues is losing weight and losing top line. Right. Okay. And then our senior horses, are they more prone to any nutritional diseases besides what you just talked about? I won't say nutritional diseases per se, just diseases in general that 
older horse's immune function is starting to wane and decrease, so they are more likely to develop a cough, different diseases, sicknesses than an average aged horse. I read somewhere that older horses are more prone to Cushing's. Is there truth to that? So, yes, older horses are, are more likely or, or Cushing's, the correct term being PPID or pituitary pars intermedia dysfunction, which is a tumor on the brain. And the longer you live, whether you're a person or a dog or a horse, the more diseases that you may be able to develop. And we certainly have become much, much better at prolonging the lives of our horses. So these older horses do seem to develop more more issues. And it's not because old horses get these issues. It's because they've lived so long, they're going to get something. Yeah, but right. yes, PPID or Cushing's is definitely more typical in older horses, Okay, but not uncommon for young horses okay. as well. And then this is kind of like a part one and two question, but what forage type is recommended for senior horses that might happen to be overweight? See, this is a great one because a a senior horse that's overweight fits into the category for me of he might be aged, but he's not nutritionally mm-hmm. senior. If he's fat, then I guarantee you doesn't have anything wrong with his right. teeth so he can eat anything that any other horse with good teeth can eat. So he should be eating a ration balancer and he should be eating, you know, a lesser nutritional value forage, something like the TEF, not as high in calories or protein or nutrients, low in sugars and starches. But that that is a prime example of where somebody can get really caught up in the fact that their horse is 23, so he needs to eat a senior feed, but he's also overweight because he's got great teeth and so he doesn't doesn't really he doesn't need the senior feed because he's not nutritionally senior. Right. And would you say uh based off of just your experience is it more common that horses senior horses because of like teeth loss or you know issues with their teeth or what have you that they tend to be more often underweight than overweight? Oh, you know that is also another good one. I think in our minds we think senior horses, 35, 40, underweight, that's the biggest problem. But I think they're the ones that I get asked about. They're the ones I see because somebody is struggling to try and fix right. that horse. But I, I, I do believe there are a lot of older horses that are just doing fine. And as a nutritionist, I'd never get asked about those questions because if it ain't broke, don't right. fix it. Those horses seem fine. So I don't get asked the question. So As a nutritionist, I should probably answer more questions about how to put weight on a senior horse, but I don't think it necessarily means that most senior horses are underweight. Right. Well, and I think that just goes to show that because I, and the reason why I'm asking these questions is because I've seen communications with between horse owners that are consistently asking about like, you know, how do I know when my horse is a senior, you know, because like that telltale I sign kind of does tend to be when they're having poor dentition, therefore they're underweight, they're losing weight. And so that they're just making those connections. Right. And if you have a horse that is maybe not necessarily, I guess could be overweight or just doing just fine. They just, 
they think that they need to do something. They're like, you know, when do I, when when is my horse a senior? How do I know? Because they're not seeing those underweight issues. And it's not, and it's not an age. It is for me, when you start to see that your horse, the food that you were feeding and the, the diet that you have fed day in, day out, year after year, and it's always been perfect is now no longer working. You might start to see your horse quid or drop balls of hay on the ground because they're no longer able to chew it. When your person comes to do dental work, oh, your horse is starting to lose some Mm -hmm. teeth, got a bit of uneven wear or or lack of teeth. They're not able to chew properly. It could be 15. It could be 40. It could be 20. So there's not really an age, but they are some of the outward signs. Not maintaining weight on the food you've always fed and that telltale like dropping balls of hay when you're feeding them the long stem hay. They are signs that we might need to evaluate this horse and feed it differently. Right. And, you know, it's just like some of those people you see the there might be an 80-year-old out there running a marathon. Not many of them do it, but sometimes they do. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so. Mm -hmm. Just this morning, I chatted with a lady who has an older horse that trail rides with her regularly and is is doing really well. Unfortunately, had developed EPM. And so that was why she was calling me talking about kind of supplements and, and feeding for a horse that's going through the, the therapies to fix EPM. But I, I just asked her, how old is your horse? Thinking, oh, she might say it's like 15, 16. It was 29 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she, it's still like doing the job that is asked of it and trail riding. Loves it, and I'm sure. Fun. Yeah. So. That's yeah. so awesome. Okay. So then what would you say is the forage type that you would recommend for underweight senior horses? Okay. So if I evaluate and say, okay, it's an underweight senior horse that has good teeth, it's going to be what I would feed any underweight horse. And I will lean towards alfalfa because it's much higher in calories than our other forage choices. If it is, And that would be long stem. If it is an underweight horse with poor dentition, so it's not able to chew properly, then I'm going to go, I'm still going to go with alfalfa as the variety, but now I'm going to look for pelleted or cube type forages that I can wet, make a mash out of and not put so much stress on their their mouth and the their ability to chew. Okay. Excellent. And you mentioned this just a couple minutes ago, but what is quitting and what horses do this? That's a good one. And then this can happen. I mean, it doesn't have to always be a senior horse, but it's right. a horse that has uneven dental wear, poor teeth, lost teeth. And when they chew the hay, they're not. So that bottom jaw works in a circular motion and it grinds across the top teeth and the hay is stuck in there and they grind that hay up into particles and then they can swallow it, smaller particles and they can swallow it. Well, if the teeth aren't aligning properly, there's uneven wear or we're missing teeth and we're not able to grind that food, we end up with these kind of balled up knots of wet hay on the ground, usually right under where they've been eating. And we call those quids. And that that's quitting when a horse does that, when they're not able to chew. So that's the first sign that, oh, we need to evaluate. And if your horse is 10 and is quitting, you need to get your dentist out and evaluate their teeth. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, like you said, it's not just senior horses, although it's common with senior horses who probably have poor dentition. But yeah, absolutely. 
Thanks for tuning in to Better Horses. We appreciate you spending part of your day with us and learning more about feeding your senior horses. Hey, always a big shout out and a thanks to Katie and all our friends at Stanley Western Premium Forage for bringing such good information to us, Dawn. You know, Ron and Ernie, they are just an amazing company, and we're thrilled to get to bring you guys the Beyond the Barn segments. We're looking forward to more of them from Stanley Forage, and Katie does just such a great job. Hey, folks, we've still got a lot of show and a lot of great show left. This is Better Horses Radio. Stay with us. No matter what discipline of riding you do, training, showing, and everyday stress is hard on your horse's legs. Decra Veterinary Products is a leading lameness company that brought you Osphos. Osphos is a quadrinate injection, an intramuscular bisphosphony to help control the clinical signs of navicular syndrome in horses four years and older. Ask your veterinarian if Osphos is right for your horse. Decra Veterinary Products is a proud sponsor of The American. Hi, I'm Dr. Dylan Luter, a specialist in equine performance medicine at the Kansas State University Veterinary Health Center. Our new service focuses on lameness diagnosis, advanced imaging, physical therapy, and regenerative medicine for horses with injuries preventing them from performing at their best. We can treat a variety of conditions and design a customized rehabilitation plan to meet the needs of each client and their horse. Visit us at ksvhc.org, the Veterinary Health Center, to discover, to teach, to heal. Hi, I'm Tommy with Heritage Tractor. Whether you're looking to maintain your yard or your whole ranching operation, Heritage Tractor has John Deere mower and tractor packages that make work fly by. With a variety of horsepower and attachment configurations, we have a package to best fit your needs and budget. To learn more about these exclusive packages, visit us in-store or online at HeritageTractor.com. Legendary products, extraordinary service, that's our heritage. Established in 1956, the Pinto Horse Association of America was formed to welcome all types of equines and maintain their show records and pedigrees. PTHA currently has over 88,000 members with 157,000 registered Pintos. There are currently three separate registries, the Color Registry, the Solid Registry, and the Long Ear Registry. We welcome all levels of competition within a family-friendly environment. Become a member, register, and add value to your horse. For more information, check out the website Pinto World. Runny nose, cough, fever. It's flu season for humans and horses. Like human flu vaccines, equine flu vaccines must be updated to protect against the flu strains circulating now. Merck Animal Health's flu-containing vaccines include the most current flu strains, protecting your horse from illness and time mistraining because of it. Talk with your veterinarian about prestige flu vaccines and learn more about the science of advanced protection at prestigevaccines.com. We're here for the hardworking, the resilient. We're for the people who measure their days by what needs to get done, not by hours. Where kids learn responsibility at a young age and generations work side by side. Where work doesn't pause for holidays or bad weather. It just gets harder. Where value and hard work means more than the clothes you wear. We're Kleinschmidt's Western Store, Higginsville, Missouri. 
It's time to go with United Mosquito and Fly Control's premier fly system for fly control in your barn. Providing relief for horses from the stress of fighting flies and also makes the barn more pleasant for everyone in the barn. Easy, effective, and safe. With United Mosquito and Fly Control, we provide a full service. You as the barn owner don't have to do anything. We go everywhere and take care of everything with our friendly, fast service. Call today at 913-558-3814 or email paul at unitedmosquito.com. Here's to the unbreakable spirit of today's ranchers. For all those running cow-calf operations, the American International Charolais Association is dedicated to strengthening your herd with the Charolais breed. The Charolais Advantage delivers more pounds for more profit. Getting Charolais genetics into commercial herds is the heart of a successful cattle operation. White hides bring an inherited benefit to commercial herds, providing advantages of growth and feedlot efficiency. It's white gold. For more information, go to charolaisusa.com. Hey, we're back. Thanks for listening to Better Horses Radio. I'm Ron McDaniel. I'm Ernie Rudina. And I'm Don Dawson. And our next segment is brought to you by Heritage Tractor. Go to their website, heritagetractor.com. You can see all the lineup of what they have available. They've got stores everywhere. And so it doesn't matter if you are in uh, Kansas, California, New York, they can get you a tractor wherever you need it. Go to heritagetractor.com and see all that they have. I love my green equipment. But hey, Ernie, you want to introduce our next guest? Hey, we we got a great guy representing the cattle and, and as far as the stockman out there. And we're talking about Brandon Palaska from up here in Franklin County, Kansas. So get, glad to have him on. Let's go to go get him right now, guys. Are you with us, Brandon? I'm with you guys. How's it going? Everybody oh, well? good. Good. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's uh, always that time of year, Brandon, when uh, we're looking up at the sky and uh, the sunlight is kind of <laughs> blinding us a little bit. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit, Brandon, about a plan for how uh, how we prepare for potential drought and what that means in the next several months. Okay, I can do that. And, and, and as you guys probably well know, uh, Ernie's my neighbor. He lives a quarter mile north of me, but he lives on the north side of the highway. And you know how the rains have been hitting this year. And sometimes Ernie gets a little more rain than I get. And uh, sometimes I get a little more than he gets. But uh, we're all faced with the same thing. And uh, this drought situation has not got much better uh, across the nation. It's it's better in places. Some people are a whole lot better off. I just got off the phone with a guy from uh, he, he lives right near Grand Lake, Nebraska and, and runs 400 cows or I'm sorry, Grand Lake, Oklahoma. I said Nebraska, but Grand Lake, Oklahoma. And uh, of course, his comment was, I wish they didn't live so close to the lake. But and he said they're still in a pretty good drought now. So uh, with with us, uh, especially here in eastern Kansas, uh, we have caught some rains, some really good rains here and there, but they're too far in between. And of course, we're dealing with a, a lot of fescue grass and that old fescue grass about this time of year just starts turning about as yellow as a, as a, as a cap in this, uh, or a cowboy hat in this time of year. So, uh, some things we can do to offset what we're heading into. And, and it's not so, uh, unnormal. We need to remember that. But uh, we can supplement that rank dry grass that's coming. We know it's coming. 
Uh, if we can catch a rain here now and then, we don't have it quite as bad as, as uh, you know, August, but, but we're coming up on that time. Uh, some things I'd like for people to keep in mind. Uh, first thing that comes to mind for ease of doing supplementation on grass is uh, tubs. And, of course, as a Purina salesperson, I'm going to push the Purina Rangeland tub. Uh, but they're designed to be put out. They can cows will regulate themselves on them, uh, usually between one half uh, and three quarters of a pound a day. Uh, it's the least labor intensive supplementation, but it sometimes can be a little bit costly as, as guys look at it. The other thing you've got to keep in consideration if you're if you're trying to to uh, supplement on no grass. They're going to eat a lot more than that. And, and we all know how that sometimes we look at that pasture and we think there's a lot more out there than there really is. Uh, the next thing we could supplement with is, of course, with a grain ration, uh, any kind of grain mix that your local elevator or supplier or Perina could put up uh, with. Um, but we need to keep in mind that the tub is out there 24 hours, seven days a week. A grain supplement ration we need to be looking at feeding every other day or at least twice a week. Uh, that's a, uh, it, it's basically trading energy for energy, grass for grain. And so we need to feed it a little more often than just once a week, uh, which brings me to my next uh, supplement that a lot of people use in this part of the world, and that's cubes. Uh, Texas A&M and Kansas State University have done extensive studies on these uh you know, feeding cubes. And if you're feeding a high fiber cube, you can supplement your cow herd one day a week. But it's got it's got to be a high fiber. Remember, I talked about the energy a little bit ago in a grain ration. That energy has to be replaced every so often. A high fiber uh, supplement like a cube, you can get away with feeding one day a week. A lot of guys go out this time of year and bait their cows, you know, with just a little bit of shot of grain here and there. Yes, it helps to bait them, but it's not necessarily helping to supplement. So Brandon, a, for our for our listeners that uh, maybe have not considered supplementing with a high fiber cube, uh, how many pounds per head are you putting out for those cows each week? So uh, the kind of the old rule of thumb, and, and you know how rule of thumbs go, but, but one of the old rules of thumb was if you're feeding a 20% cube, and that ranges anywhere from a 15 to a 25% cube, but average 20, uh, on a high-fiber cube, you're going to feed a pound per head per day. So you could actually drop seven pounds one time per week, and as per those studies I mentioned earlier, it is effective. Um, it, it's a little different frame of mind, a little different way of thinking, but it does work. That, now, that's uh, the, the cube once a week would be if there's some grass. Y yes, we're, we're still we're still going after a grass. What 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 fiber does uh, fiber helps beget fiber. OK, so in grains, we're replacing grain or replacing grass. And with the fiber product, we're actually helping the rumen utilize, absorb, and process more of that, especially in my country, dry rank fescue. Uh, and the tubs become an excellent product for that. 
studies have shown on that product as well that they can you, they can actually get more out of that drink dank dry grass that they're that they're that they're eating so if they choose the tubs now and they haven't been keeping tubs out they're probably not going to do the the percentage that is recommended right off the bat because they're going to kind of go after them for a little bit right and it'll level off later yeah that's correct another thing with tubs just like i always talk about with mineral you throw a bag of mineral out at the right time of year and it'll disappear in a heartbeat and you throw it out at the wrong time of year and you're going why are these cows not eating mineral it's the same thing with tubs if they need it they're going to go to it so it's an average you can't just take one week, one, you know, certain period of time. I, I look at what we're getting ready to head through in our fescue country is about a three month process. We got to get through into late August before we start catching some rains, I hope. So we've got this to do our average over. And I, I challenge people to, to, to measure it. You can't manage what you don't measure. So go measure it and then figure out if it was the right thing to do or would a grain mix have been better. And, and one of the things we're faced with right now, if you go to the Board of Trade and look, grain prices are going up again. Uh, the drought has scared enough uh, traders or, you know, people on the board to start raising these corn prices, the DDG prices and some of our byproducts. So it's it's something we really want to want to keep an eye on and that's also something you want to keep in mind because as i just said we're not too far away from august which means we're not too far away from fall which usually falls right into winter and now we need a feeding program for the winter well thank you brandon for your better cattle segment today we sure appreciate it this drought isn't fun and it's expensive but we got to get through it somehow so we appreciate your tips well, and I hope that I hope that people can can uh, uh, gain something out of this. Yes, folks, we've been talking to Brandon Pulaska on our Better Cattle segment here, and uh, Brandon, we're looking forward to hearing from you again. Hopefully, we'll get a rainfall sometime between now and our next chat. But if not, we've got some ideas and some strategies to go forward. So, thank you a bunch, Pard. Thanks, you Brandon. Bet. Great thank session. You. Thank you, guys. Have, Have a great good, evening. All righty. Hey, you guys, it's that time. Hey, I tell you what, what a wonderful show. I want you all to be good buckaroos and buckarettes. Mind your moms and dads. Be brave, but don't take any chances. And uh, until next week, I'm Ernie Rudina. I'm Ron McDaniel. And I'm Don Dawson. Happy trails. And be sure to ride for the brand. Mm-hmm.